Well, hey there, everybody. Hi, the buzzards. This is Macy. This is Nicole. And you're listening to Buzzkillers. I went for like a high to a low in the middle of that. And it was probably terrible to everybody's ears. <laughs> little high, little low, little high, little low. I was like, Buzzkillers. No, I liked that. I liked yeah. it a lot. Just giggle. <laughs> well, hi, guys. Welcome back. This is episode three three of hometown mini month oh i'm gonna be so messed up this month <laughs> <laughs> y'all don't understand we're recording one and three and then two and four <laughs> at the same time oh god i'm gonna be like which one comes when what are we releasing this week <laughs> don't worry i got it i'll I'm, remember i'm glad you got it because god dang i don't <laughs> goodness guys so we are in episode three of hometown mini month we hope that you have enjoyed the first two episodes and you're enjoying the last month of summer but guess what next month is officially spooky season i like how like it's technically not the last month of summer but i consider it the last month of summer because ryan is a teacher and so he goes back to school in september so i'm like it's the last month of summer and technically summer goes until like midway through september or something yeah i consider it the last month of summer because September 1st, my Halloween decorations come out. Mine have already started to come out. Mine are just up here right now. Tyler would kill me if I if I moved them right now. I mean, like... He can't handle it. I have a few out in my bedroom because, like, I don't put them downstairs yet. But we got those pumpkins the other day at the dollar store. And those are very much just out on my table and I don't care anymore. Oh, those are out. One is down in the in the bathroom downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so those are out. No, but the rest, of them, the rest of them are in the pod room. And they're beautiful. Where we can enjoy Halloween all year round. All year. The way it should be. Exactly. (laughs) Spooky season never stops for me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, guys, today, because we are doing a a mixer mini, we are drinking hot toddies. Mm -hmm. They're yummy. Hot tea and whiskey. Nice and soothing. Isn't that like what singers drink? Like make their throats better you mean tea oh, i feel like you feel like tea and honey <laughs> and <Yeah>. lemon <laughs> everything like, that a hot toddy is except for the whiskey yeah i was gonna say doesn't whiskey help though or is it um, worse it probably would clear your sinuses for sure if you were sick that's fair Bow show. If I was sick, I would just eat some hot wings, though. I'd be like, I'm going to clear my nose this way. If you guys ever want, <laughs> like, if you're ever, like, sick and you're like, I need a really good tip, just direct message us because <laughs> I'm a singer and singers are the absolute kings of figuring out how to not be sick when you are sick because we still got gigs to sing when we're sick, guys. <laughs> oh, shoot. I've got the flu. I'll be on stage in two days. We're good, guys. Let's go. <laughs> yep, yep. Seriously. So hot toddies are good. Pineapple juice is good for your throat. Really good for your throat. I've heard you say that so many times, and I I have yet to be able to actually try this. It has antibiotic properties. And it's not that I want to get sick, but I just want to be able to try this. It's amazing. If you take a piece of fresh ginger and you get in the shower, it tastes disgusting. But if you chew it while you're in the shower with the steam, it'll clear your sinuses completely. I'm not joking. So, singer tips. Interesting. Singer tips with me. <laughs> Macy's actually just going to start a musical podcast. No. She's going to sing the whole thing. Eventually. Front to back. Yes. Eventually, <laughs> eventually, if we, like, end up, you know, doing this full time, which would be great. 
um, I would like to start like a spinoff where like we talk about horror movie music. I've talked about we this talked before. about this because I did a blog post once in grad school about it. And it's really interesting about mm. why they make music for horror movies the way they do. Honestly, just like any movie score that too. But it, because like there's just some seriously amazing movie scores out there. Yeah. Anyway, ideas, ideas. All right. Yes. It's Let Nicole's us know. mini. <laughs> so tell us what we are talking about today. Nicole. Oh, guys, I'm taking you home. It's Boston. It's Boston. <laughs> it's Boston. <laughs> we went over this in my very first episode. I was born in Rochester. I did a case in Rochester, but guess what, guys? I was raised in Boston. And I You've got a nice massage. I don't park my car in Harvard Yard, because guess what? You can't park your car in Harvard Yard. It's fucking impossible, okay? Oh my god, do you remember that commercial where it's the car park? Where it was like all it was like um Oh, it was Chris Evans in um Jim Halpert. What's his name? What's his oh, name? What's his name? What's his name? I know his name. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Why can't I think of his name? <laughs> He's married to Emily Blunt. Holy crap. His name is not J- John Krasinski. Thank you. I said it still starts with a J. My brain put up a brick wall in front of his name for two seconds. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Do you remember that, like, epi- that, that, that's not episode, that commercial where it was, like, the car that would park itself? It was um, it was a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, and it was, like, the car pack. You got yeah. to put your car in the pack. Because that was when I learned that Chris Evans was actually from Massachusetts, and I nearly pooped myself. And I was like, hi, he's from where? Yeah. Like, You've got a nice mass ass. I just stabbed myself in the ankle with the zip tie that is around our microphone cord and was like, why am I being, like, attacked poked by attacked. demon claws? Uh, All right. We're going to yeah. Boston, mass. Taking me to Boston. This is a fucked up case. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. I'm not ready, but I'm ready. All right. So I'm going to tell you about two people. I'm going to start with Charles Chuck Stewart. Okay. So Chuck was born December 18th of 1959, and he grew up in Revere, Massachusetts. Like Paul Revere? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of history. There's so much history. Guys, if you want places that are haunted, go to Massachusetts. We're full of them. There's so many places. Shit's old. <laughs> and, a, and a really good restaurant called Lolita. Yeah. <laughs> also, Salem. Uh, oh, <laughs> I've never been to Salem. I want to go so bad. Okay. Sorry. Listen, I lived in Massachusetts for fucking nearly my entire life, and I, to this day, have never been to Salem. Oh, my God. We have to go. My life is a disappointment. <laughs> it's on the spooky It's on the spooky road trip list. <laughs> Love you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Your daughter has a nice massage. But honestly, though, Salem is kind of far away and traffic is a bitch. Let me tell you. I'd love to. The second it becomes fall, people are like, Salem. And you like, it takes like three hours just to get there from like 45 minutes away. Uh, Okay. Okay. Anyway. So. So we're in um, Paul Revere, Massachusetts. (laughs) We. (laughs) I literally can't right now. (laughs) So. <laughs> I this, didn't think that was that funny. The <laughs> seriousness with which you said it was what got me. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so Chuck, um, Chuck was born to Charles and Dorothy Stewart. He was named after his father. Um, he had many, many siblings. Um, 
From what I could find, he had at least three brothers and one or two sisters, possibly more. Oh, um, okay. There wasn't too much into detail about their when backgrounds. You have time to have a cocktail. But, what? I said, when do you have time to have a cocktail? God, seriously, though. Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so he was relatively normal kid. Um, he really wasn't that into school um a lot of articles i read said that he earned a sports scholarship for college others said he didn't go at all i really don't know which was which i'm going to mention both because it was like an even split of he got a sports scholarship and he didn't go to college and i was like fuck so (laughs) he did one or the other got it but either way um uh, as he got older he was living in boston and he got a job as i had to google this guy's he got a job as a furrier. A furrier? This is not a furry. Okay. This is a furrier. Okay. Who pervs? <laughs> a furrier is a person who deals in fur. Like, oh, real fur. Okay. So kind of fuck this guy. Oh, right. Faux furs, guys. Stop skinning animals. Yeah. Anyway. Um, he worked at a place called caucus furs i don't i don't know k-a-k-a-s 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 or caucus i'm gonna go with caucus because it sounds less gross um this was um so he worked at a place called caucus furs and this was on newberry street in boston um he actually was even a coach for a little league team um his wife carol whose maiden name was and I apologize if I say this incorrectly. I tried to look up how to pronounce it and like three different websites said it differently to me. It's D-I capital M-A-I-T-I. It's like Damati, Damati or Damati. Damati. One website said dem- like Damata and I was like, what? I, Damati. I want to say right. Damati. Yeah, that sounds right. So I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. Um, Carol was born on March 26th of 1959 to um gusto and evelyn damati and she had an older brother um carol was very very smart she attended saint james catholic school growing up and then attended boston college where she graduated in 1981 um she went to on to graduate from suffolk university of law in 1986 and she became a tax lawyer for caner's publishing company in boston nice she was good so her and Charles actually met in 1980 while she was still in college and married in 1985, just a year before she graduated law school. Awesome. Um, awesome the awesome. pair met while working at a restaurant in Revere, Massachusetts called Driftwood Restaurant. Uh, he was a chef and she was a waitress. Oh, is this before he got his job with the fur place? Yes. Okay. Got that it. was when they met. Got it. Got it. Um, so they did basically everything together people said they often saw them jogging together they would like work in the gardens outside the house together they were all intents and purposes a happy couple um carol's mother said they were really you know family oriented carol called her mother almost every night um chuck was often visiting his parents where they still lived in revere um and together they owned a home in redding massachusetts okay um (sighs) So, in 1989, at 30 years old, Carol became pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, It seemed like they were excited to welcome their new family member. 
Um, and they had started attending birthing classes for Carol. Um, they went to Brigham and Brigham and Winham. Oh, wow. Stroke. Sorry. Brigham and women's Stem hot toddies. <laughs> 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 they went to Brigham and women's hospital, in, which is in Boston, um, to attend these classes. And on this night, um, Carol, who was seven months pregnant, seven months pregnant at the time. I'm going to slow down now because I'm talking really fast. That's what happens to me <laughs> on, every day. Normally, I don't talk that fast, but my brain's like. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so Carol was seven months pregnant at this time and they had just finished the class when they were getting into their car and trying to head home. They got to a red light and. According to Chuck's account of the story, a man jumped into the back seat of their car, pointed a gun at them, and forced them to drive. Oh my god. After a while of driving, he instructed them to pull over, which is when Cluck Chuck. I tried to say Chuck claimed and said Cluck. <laughs> I thought you were gonna call him Claude. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> nope, just something chicken say. Um, <laughs> which is when Chuck claimed that this man um panicked said you're five oh and thought he was a cop and proceeded to shoot carol in the head before turning and shooting chuck in the side oh my god the man then stole several of their items before fleeing the scene oh my god now at this time a show called rescue 911 was actually on a ride-along with officers in Boston. Oh. You can watch this episode. I will put it in the show notes. It is on YouTube. It is in horrible quality because it's really old. But it's 20 minutes long and you can watch it. Okay. Um, in this, you can hear and watch them receive the 911 call. Like, you see the dispatch officers on the phone with him. Because they, Chuck, were, because, he's because they were filming everywhere. <gasps> so dispatch gets this call from Chuck and he's absolutely frantic. The first thing he said is my wife's been shot. I've been shot. The dispatcher struggled so hard because Chuck was so frantic. He couldn't see any street signs because it was nighttime. He, he had no idea where he was. He told them that they had left the hospital, but the man had made them drive. He wasn't sure where they ended up. Um, he started saying frantically, like, my, my wife's making these awful gurgling sounds. I, I, I don't know where I am. So the cop said, try to drive and see if you can find a street sign. So a moment passes and he can finally tell them he's on Tremont Street. Which, for anybody from fucking Boston, you know that Tremont Street is a fucking massive street. Oh it is bizarrely fucking huge. And not really bizarrely. That wasn't a good word. But anyway, it's really long and has a ton going on. Aww. It is like one of the main streets in Boston. So he didn't know he was on that street? Well, he knew. He figured out when he got there. But he wasn't originally. He like got to Tremont Street. But he couldn't identify what part of Tremont Street he was on. Oh, my God. So officers are like, okay, Chuck, you know, you're on Tremont Street. We're going to send officers in that direction. But you got to give us something more. We a shop name can you get somebody from like open your window open the door call to somebody that's walking by get help can somebody help you figure out where you are and it's at this point that 
Chuck just kind of like stops answering them. He keeps saying like, I don't feel good. I'm going to black out. He's like, my wife, she stopped gurgling. I think she stopped breathing. And then eventually he kind of fades. And while the phone is still on, he appears to either pass out or just zone out or something. So that makes sense. So they actually, this was, I thought, really, really cool. They located him by the sirens on the police cars. So if they could hear it, they could tell they were getting closer. Yep. Ah. One of the police officers was listening while also also talking to all of the officers that had been dispatched throughout the city. He said at one moment he could hear a siren in the background. And so they went through like a roll call, basically, and said, you know, we're going to go down the list. Everybody turn your sirens off and tell you when to turn your siren on. And they waited until they found the one that they could hear. And they were like, you're really loud. You're really close. And they finally managed to track down where they were by this, which was like amazing. Yeah, that's so smart. Um, So as I mentioned, they were filming this. There was video crews in these police officers cars so not only do you get to watch them them at the dispatch take this call you then get to watch them arrive on the scene and literally everything that proceeds oh my god it was first of all i will tell you if you do choose to watch it it is graphic okay it may be blurry but it is graphic (laughs) they did not cut a lot out um so they pull up on the scene and they get out of the car and you can see Chuck in the driver's seat and he's sitting up kind of uh, kind of out of it, kind of there, not really. And you can see Carol's body slumped completely to the side. Oh, um, so sad. They pulled Carol's body from the car and determined that she actually went into cardiac arrest. So they started performing CPR on her and they rush her to the hospital. Remember, she is seven months pregnant. They're like, we if we're going to save this baby, we got to save this baby now. Exactly. So they <sighs> then get Chuck onto a stretcher and you they the crews follow him as they're putting him into the ambulance. And he just you hear him say, take care of my wife, take care of like, where's my wife, take care of my wife. And the as they're loading him into the ambulance, one of the police officers gets into the ambulance with him. And says, did you see who do who did this? To which he responds, a black man. Officers go on to say they were, quote, surprised at the amount of information he was able to provide them and recall. They said that with the trauma he had just experienced, it was like an unnatural amount of memory he had. On everything that had just occurred. Oh no. That's never good. (laughs) Carol was rushed back. To Brigham in Women's. While. um, Chuck was actually taken to Mass General. Oh. um, Because they knew that if they were going to try and save this baby. That was the place to take her. Right. Um, She was taken in for an emergency C-section. To deliver the baby. And from the moment the baby was born, um, it began having seizures because of oxygen deprivation. Uh. Um, Unfortunately, Carol did not make it. And at 3 a.m. the following morning, she passed away. Oh, my God. Um, And 
the baby ended up being put on life support. Chuck went into a six-hour surgery, but did end up recovering. I, like, didn't expect them to, like, follow them into the hospital. You like? Are you serious? They followed them in there? They, like, they're, like, in the freaking ER with him. How like, did they get permission to do that? Watching, I, I literally don't know. I think because there was cops with him and they were with the cops, technically. I have no freaking clue. But they're literally videoing him as there's like all these ER doctors running around. They're prepping him for surgery. They're asking him all these questions. And then you literally see them like take him in an elevator and like bring him up into the room where they're prepping him for actual surgery. Like in the freaking room where they're going to perform the surgery. Oh my God. I would have been like, get out, get out, get out, get out. Um, So they... um, you actually see at one point as they're prepping him for surgery, a woman comes up to Chuck and is trying to talk to him. And she says, is there anybody I can call for you? Is there anybody at all I can call for you? He says, no. You have parents. She has parents. You both have siblings. You both have friends. What the fuck? That's sus. Your response is no. That's so so and he gave you all that weird details Mm. yeah so carol's funeral was held just four days later in medford um and over 800 people attended carol's funeral including boston's mayor at the time raymond flynn and the governor michael dukakis oh my god um Chuck un- crazy. Chuck unfortunately was not able to attend because he was still recovering. Um but he did write a eulogy which was read aloud and I have it. Oh. He said, "Good night, sweet wife, my love. God has called you to his hands, not to take you away from me or the happiness and gladness you brought me, but to bring you away from the cruelty and the violence that fills this world." He said that for us to truly believe, we must know that his will was done and that there was some right in his meanest of acts. In our souls, we must forgive this sinner because he would too. My life will be more empty without you, as will, as will the lives of your family and friends. You have brought joy and kindness to every life you've touched. Now you sleep away from me. I will never again know the feeling of your hand in mine, but I will always feel you. I miss you and I love you, your husband, Chuck. And then on November 9th, just 17 days after birth, Chuck made the decision to remove their son, whom he had named Christopher, from life support. Aww. So, sad. Mayor, uh, Mayor Raymond Flynn issued basically a citywide manhunt. They released this profile and said, we're going to find this guy. Like, We're going to do everything we can to find this guy. They put an extra 100 police officers onto the street in order to help find who did this. Okay. And basically, this turned into one of the most racially profiled manhunts in the entirety of history. Because all he said was it was a black man. Uh-huh. Every African-American man was stopped and frisked our favorite and accused of crimes they didn't commit um that's what i have to say about that 
And just to give you an idea, Chuck had described him as a six foot tall black man with a raspy voice. He said the man was wearing a black sweatsuit with red stripes. And Chuck claims the man shot them after accusing them of being cops. So that's their description. And they're basically stopping every single African-American they can come across while being in a very highly African-American populated populated neighborhood in Boston. (laughs) So like the entirety in this area is called Mission Hill for anybody who doesn't know. Um, And they basically just like ripped apart Mission Hill. God. Nobody that lived there was safe. Nobody. Um, initially, a man named Alan Swanson was actually detained as a suspect. He was a homeless man that had been found squatting in an apartment. And when they found him, he had been washing a black tracksuit that matched the description. Swanson was later released um, after a man who fit the physical description um, by the name of Willie Bennett was um actually brought in um he had um he had robbed a store and not only did he fit the physical description um but he had a violent track record which included shooting a police officer oh okay um so they put him in a lineup and on december 28th chuck actually picked willie out of the lineup um unfortunately these arrests didn't stop the police from just completely terrorizing the African-American community. They continued to basically round up every freaking African-American they could find and they would like stop them and strip them. And sometimes they would strip them. Strip them? Yep. They would strip them completely naked sometimes and put them in handcuffs and make them lay on the sidewalks. I, this that makes me I, when so I, angry. When I went into this case, I was like, I did not realize how big of a... I could have made a full episode out of this case if I really wanted to. This case caused a lot of racial tension throughout Boston for a very, very long time. It still does. <sighs> Guys, I'm sorry if we lose any followers because of this, but Black Lives Matter. Yep. This is my podcast. I'm going to say what I want. And I say Black Lives Matter. So this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. This is bullshit. This okay. is. And we. They've got. Do not condone They this literally behavior. have a suspect in custody. And they're still doing it. And they're still out there by the hundreds rounding up people, stripping them, searching them, basically just terrorizing them. For like no them. fucking reason. For literally that. almost no reason. Wow. So people are assholes. Now, the case against Willie seemed pretty strong. He was picked out of the lineup. Um, he fit the description, everything. What did he say? Not much. Okay. Because the case against him came to a screeching halt oh, okay. when Chuck's older brother, I'm sorry, not older brother, younger brother, I said, I wrote own brother, Chuck's own brother, and I said older. He's his younger brother. Okay. <laughs> his younger brother, Matthew, came forward about a week later with some very, very shocking information. Oh, my God. Matthew, who was 23 at the time, admitted to authorities that Chuck had asked Matthew to help him commit insurance fraud. When Matthew drove to the spot where Chuck had told him to meet, ha- meet him that night, Matthew found Chuck and Carol had already been shot. 
He told police that Chuck proceeded to hand him a bag that contained a gun, Carol's purse, the couple's wedding rings, and a few other valuables, and told him to dispose of them. Matthew said he and the friend who was with him took these items and tossed them into the Pines River in, Bru- in Revere. Oh my god. He claimed that he did not know that this, quote, insurance scam was going to involve shooting his wife oh my god. and killing her. Oh my god. It was very soon discovered that Chuck had been having some financial problems and some sources even claimed he was having an affair. Oh my god. They found out that Chuck had taken out an $82,000 life insurance policy on Carol. Some sources did say 83. It was like a hop back and forth between 82 and 83. Okay. In the 80s. <laughs> it was somewhere in the low 80,000s. Um, some sources said that he did receive this check with which he bought a new car and then proceeded to buy some gifts for his mistress. You mean not, you know, pay off the debts, you owe? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. There was one article that said he did not receive it, but I don't, it was only one article. A few did say that he received it and bought a car and stuff. So oh, Okay. Um, Which is fucking stupid. That's like the Menendez <laughs> brothers when they killed their parents and then went and bought like courtside seats to the fucking Lakers. <laughs> it's like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> they didn't think it was you. Now they do. At least wait till next season. No, I'm kidding. no don't. Don't just don't do anything. <laughs> don't be suspicious. Just don't, don't be suspicious. suspicious. <laughs> okay. Just don't kill people. How's that? <laughs> yeah, how's that? Um, How about them muffins? <laughs> so it was soon after that that neighbors and friends started coming forward about the goings-on in the couple's life and said that hmm, that couple that we said was so loving and happy was actually really not that loving and happy. Oh. Um, neighbors came forward and said that they constantly heard fighting, screaming matches that would happen in their house. They said um, one of the neighbors claimed that Carol had come to her complaining about the fact that Chuck would go out on Friday nights and stay out really late and she could never get him to come home. Um, One of the claims also was that uh, Chuck did not want to be a father. And that at one point he even mentioned to a friend that he was upset that Carol wouldn't consider abortion. Can we have that talk? Before you get married? Before you get married. And then like... You don't have to kill anybody? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just too logical for some people. Um, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, unfortunately, we will never really get the answers that anybody, including Carol's family, deserved. Why? On my motherfucking birthday, January 4th. Uh, of 1990 just the day after matt had told police of his involvement and chuck's plan chuck commits suicide of course he did he leapt from the tobin bridge in chelsea massachusetts and died when he hit the water he left a note in his car claiming that he could not deal with the allegations against him you are guilty by this time 
police were looking at him as the prime suspect. Which they should have been doing since the beginning. They should have never just, like, they never. Well, that's, that was, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Hold on that thought. Hold, hold, hold on. Six days later, on January 10th, divers in the Pines River located a gun and Carol's purse. Right where Matthew said he threw them. Yeah. The allegations. My foot. Um, the, I could not find any detail about how this call happened. But apparently they also had a recorded call from the Revere Fire Department. Which proved that not only did Matthew know about this plan. But several other of Chuck's siblings had also known about his plan. And didn't try and stop it or warn her or do anything. I don't know if they just didn't think he was serious. Serious? But according to many, he had mentioned several times to a multitude of people. Like that he wanted to the cons- do this. Like considering he was considering killing his wife. Literally, I'm not even fucking kidding. There was like four or five witnesses that came forward that were like, oh, yeah, he kind of like mentioned this to me. And I thought it was just like he was mad at her. Okay. Okay. But that's like if like one person brings it up. Not if like your six siblings bring it up. And then you're like, oh, yeah, he brought that up to me, too. These were like outside people. These weren't even his siblings. These these were like friends. Oh, my God. So not only did his, his his fucking siblings knew about this fucking insurance fraud scam. And maybe they didn't think that, oh, it was gonna involve shooting and killing your wife but they still knew he was going to do something and then his friends a lot of them had talked to him and he was like oh yeah i don't i don't know i might resort to killing her like and they were like ha 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 <laughs> like what that's not funny dude what i would have like and then when that okay i'm sorry but immediately when i found out that something had happened with them i would have gone to the police mm-hmm. and been like he told me that he wanted to do this yeah I thought he was joking at the time, but I guess I should have taken him more seriously. Because he, he told flat me out, that he wanted to do this. He stuff. flat out said to me, like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, something, something. I can't deal with the allegations. I mean, you can't just deal with, like, the fallout of your stupid fucking plan. Um, <laughs> but like I mentioned, because he killed himself, they're never going to get the answers. I hope that other guy got let go. He was released. Okay. Um, but he is currently trying to press charges, or he was Trying this is why this is a while ago, but he was trying to press charges against the Boston Police Department for his treatment. Oh, I'm sure because as you mentioned, this literally started a witch hunt. Instead of trying to work every angle of this, they took him for his word and basically hunted down every African American person in Boston. Stupid, fucking stupid. Like, just do your due diligence before you just draw conclusions seriously though like work every angle before you're just like Ugh, because the amount that you said he had a crazy amount of detail which who would have known that like in that moment like you're so frantic when you're like that upset literally guys my nephew scared the shit out of me the other night and i was so (laughs) frantic that i literally just like (laughs) climbed into the into the front seat and like laid on the horn like i could barely recall the story until like an hour later because like i was terrified like when you are that scared and something like that has happened i mean that's not even the most like that's not even that traumatic but when you've been through a traumatic event you do not remember everything no 
not right off the bat. You could come up with this stuff days later once you recall and remember events and like you've had mo- moments to calm down and da 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 Exactly. But in that moment, to recall that amount of detail is hella sus. Mm-hmm. And they should know that because they're fucking police officers. Like, haven't you taken, like, psychology classes, you dumbasses? Well, and it's like, okay, yes. So he said that this is what happened. And you want to take what appears to be the victim's word for what it is. So, okay, I understand if you put that as, like, the main, this is going to be the one we focus on. But we're also going to probably try and dip into these other possible theories. But I'm going to put these, like, this, I'm going to put these police officers on this theory. And I'm going to put these police officers on this theory. And you guys you know, do your due diligence and you come back to me and when you figure it out and we'll decide which one is the one to go with. Exactly. You should be looking at all angles. That's your freaking job. And instead they just took this man's word for what it was. All they had was his word. Literally. They he had said he didn't want friends and family to come. His wife is dead. His baby is dead. That would have been so suspicious to me right there that he didn't call anybody. Right. Like, there's been a, there, there was a couple red flags in there. Did you hear what he said? Did you hear the part of the, the eulogy? What did he say it again? There's a line in the eulogy, which, I mean, I read it pretty normally. I didn't emphasize and you, this. And you notice how he doesn't even talk about the baby in that? Well, the, ba- the baby hadn't died at all at that point. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, sorry, sorry. It was after she had passed that he pulled the plug on the, the life support. Um, <sighs> but in, in the middle of the eulogy... He says, and this is one of the lines, in our souls, we must forgive this sinner because he would too, referring he as God. So he says that God forgives him. And he's just trying to vaguely refer to whoever did this crime. And it's him but himself. Fucking shit. He's so referring to himself. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't care who the fuck you are. My ass ain't forgiving fucking no one. I'd be like, I'm going to hell. I ain't forgiving your... F- I'm going to murder your ass. <laughs> Fuck you. You killed my wife. Like, Fuck you. He's like, no, but we must forgive him. Because, God would because forgive he feels him badly for himself. And I, he wants everybody to feel badly for him. But unfortunately, we don't get any answers. That's the case as it sits. And... That sucks. It just basically caused this huge racial split in Boston. He killed himself. All of them are dead. We have no answers. I hate that. Um, I do have a few little fun facts. Um, fun facts. <laughs> okay. really, I hate saying they're fun facts because it's like, uh, they're not. <laughs> here's this really sad, depressing case. And by the way, here's some fun facts. Um, <laughs> but. There is actually a Law and Order episode that is based off of this case, which I very much fucking forgot to which ep- I was going to look up which season and episode it was, and I totally is forgot. Is it Law and Order? Yeah, it's like la- it just original? said it just said Law and Order, and it's okay. called Happily Ever After. So, if y'all want to try and find that, you're more than you welcome. There's like eighty thousand freaking Law and Order uh, uh, like series themselves. I think it's <laughs> there, well, there is an original Law and Order. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, not Law and Order SVU with the amazing Mariska Hargitay, but I love her. But it's also very good. Yeah. But um, there was a TV movie that was actually made about this case from CBS that was called Goodnight Sweet Wife: A Murder in Boston. Isn't that what he's like? His very oh, that's the very first line of the eulogy. Um, the family 
110% condemns this movie and was like Carol's family and was like, you're just trying to profit off of my daughter's horrific murder. Murder. Like, are you? He didn't shoot her in a place that she would have recovered from. He shot her in the head. He shot her in the head. And then himself in the side. Like here. Like in the side of his hip, basically. How did or his they, like waist. Okay, first of all, with body how did they... You can figure out the trajectory of bullets. Well, I did. Re- I read one source that said this. I didn't write it because I wasn't 100% positive, but I, I'll say it now because you brought it up. There was one source that said somebody had asked the doctors was it possible that these injuries were self-inflicted they claim that the doctors both said no but if chuck shot her in the head and then shot himself in the side that's possible You can easily take a gun and point it at your hip. Yeah. Or I'm. So, I keep saying your hip. It's like your waist. Yeah, yeah. That. They said it wasn't self-inflicted, but it's pot. Where? I See, mean, I don't want to like know I, where she was shot. Like I said, this was only one source that said this, and I could not find anything else about it anywhere else. Oh my god. So I'm sorry. They are very can be very crazily accurate about that stuff. Yeah. Ugh. This was also the 90s. This was that's true. Early, early 90s. Um, and like I said, that movie that they made came out in 1990. <laughs> Literally less than a year after it happened. Don't you love that? Like, I'm sorry. Go fuck yourself. They came out and they never formally brought any like allegations against them, but they said that if they had any hearts that they would take all of the money that they earned from this movie that they made and donate it. And they wanted them to donate it to the scholarship fund that Carol's family actually set up in her honor. Um, Carol, it was, they said it was Carol's older brother's idea, but the whole family ended up coming together to, uh, um, to make this happen. Um, it is the Carol, I just like blanked on her last name. The really difficult one. Damati. Carol Damati Stewart Scholarship. Which would I'm not take his name. I, I was kind of ups- there. I was kind of upset that his name was there. I was like, nah, I would have fucking burned it, but it would have been the Carol Damati scholarship. <laughs> but um yeah, and it was dedicated specifically to helping students um who lived in Mission Hill um get <gasps> oh. get through college. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. Um, Go Damatis. That is so amazing. <laughs> the article I read was pretty old, but as of 2006, they had given away over $1.2 million to over 220 different students attending college. Oh my god. And that was in 2006. And I, I honestly, I couldn't find like a website or anything for them. I tried to, I tried to search the scholarship, so I'm not exactly sure. It's probably just a local thing. Um, but they've probably helped significantly more people since then. Oh my God. That, what an amazing legacy right. to leave for your daughter. Like, yes, this horrible, senseless thing happened that was not caused 
by the people that were racially profiled in this city and mm-hmm. we want to give back to them. Yeah. That is amazing. I respect that highly. That's amazing. What a that's a really sad case, but it had a that's that's it was a good way of honoring her. Yeah, I think I think so. And you know, I we he she may not get the justice that she deserves. I think everybody knows who fucking did it. But yeah. She deserves more justice than that, but everybody fucking knows who did it. Mm-hmm. And they know it wasn't anybody from Mission Hill, so. Nope. Your cat's making sounds downstairs. Yeah, it's like, that's scary. <laughs> it's like that, um, it's like that woman who, like, drove her car with her kids in it into, like, the lake and then said it was a black man. Yeah, exactly. And then they figured out it was her. Her. Because she didn't want to have her kids anymore. Yep. Because she was having an affair with a man who said he didn't want to have kids. That was, did I cover that one? Or did you um, cover that you one? You did Diane Downs, which was all very similar, but this, and that, it's, no, it's not the same one, but yes. Very similar situation. It is a very similar one. I she do, drove I her remember car, that now. She like pushed her car into a lake and drowned them while they were strapped in their car seats. I what d- a fucking joke. I do remember that. Like, yeah. what a heartless woman. People are heartless <sighs> sometimes, you guys. Yeah. Anyway. That's a sad one. Well, but. mini number three. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy and it was sad. So sad. That was Just really like, sad. Like that baby, that poor baby. I know. Ugh. Makes me sick. Like and the fact that he's like, oh, I can't face these allegations. They're not allegations. Sir. Fucking guilty. <laughs> it's fucking facts. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> um, well, Macy, to round out this episode, where can our listeners find us? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, I forgot my handy dandy list. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzkillerspodcast. You can subscribe. We have two tiers, a dollar tier and a $2 tier. Um, all of that money, um, goes to making our podcast better. We want to get merch. We want to start, you know, you know, making this podcast better for you. Cause you guys are the ones that listen. So, um, if you feel so inclined, please go ahead and do that. Um, you can also find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at buzzkillers podcast, buzzkillers podcast on Twitter at buzzkillers pod, buzzkillers pod. You can type in buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast in your handy dandy (laughs) search bar on youtube and find us there um you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, amazon music slash audible iHeartRadio, pandora and our host platypus podbean oh guys i forgot to mention we are also on tiktok that's Oh, yeah. Buzzkillers podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We forget about that. Um, You can also go to our website, which is www.buzzkillerspodcast.com. You can learn a little bit about us. You can see the wines we drink if you would like to try them for yourselves. Um, You can listen there if you would like to as well. You can also send us a contact page submission if you'd like with just some love or some case topics or some monthly topics just you know general thoughts about our cases whatever you want uh we'd love to hear from you or if you're just bored send me your favorite type of dinosaur (gasps) i would love that (laughs) dinosaurs are my 
favorite. I know they are. I love dinosaurs. <laughs> my favorite is a velociraptor. They are my favorite because so they are smart. Somehow, somehow not surprised by that. It's because they are vicious and smart. <laughs> they are vicious and smart. I love that. That's why I like orcas because they're smart. They are smart. Um, and if you don't want to send us a contact sm- submission page on our website, you can also send us an email at buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com. Yay! We are almost everywhere we could possibly ever be. Literally. <laughs> we are taking over. Wait, we're taking over. That was my screamo sound. <laughs> <laughs> the opera singer goes screamo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really want to sing that song that got famous on tiktok it's like izzy rain she does this is halloween oh I yeah like, love it. i listen to it like every day it's <laughs> my favorite song um anyway guys don't be a buzzkill be a buzzard okay we love you bye bye this episode is brought to you by bk creations llc